0: Listen to this Zakawani, the flying winger Here's Brad Evans It's Steve It's Steve Who is it? It's Brad Evans <laughs> He said it again Happy days are here again
1: Turning with a drive It's Steve Zakawani Evans with the left foot He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans
2: This is so weird
1: The party
0: has started
2: Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome to another episode of Side by Side. And this is the official season preview as we're just days away from the Sounders' locking horns with Nashville to kickstart the 2022 MLS season. Off-season flew by. And just as a note, we are recording this right now just a few hours before the second leg um, of Sounders playing tonight in CCL, the Champions League. So we don't know that result. By the time you hear this, you will know the result. We hope the team has advanced, of course, but our focus will be primarily today on the domestic charge, which is the MLS season kicking off on Sunday. We discussed a little bit last week about um, what we expect from the Sounders and in terms of formation. Maybe we can get a bit more into that, especially because we have um, a special guest. Um, it not be special, but we have a guest. Um, I'll say um. that. Keith um, <laughs> Costigan is joining us. Uh, of course, he'll be on the play-by-play um, on 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 Sunday with us. So, Keith, you did the game last week in CCL. You've seen the team. I think you visited them down in Palm Springs for preseason. You've been around a little bit. Um, Brad, Keely, and I were talking last week how this time last year it was more of a pessimistic feel of we didn't think the team's going to be that good and they come out, win 13 games, break an MLS record. This time around, I feel like everyone's very high on the team. Um, What's your take on where the team stands just days away from 2022 season?
1: Well, I was just going to say, you mean your podcast last year was very pessimistic going into the season. And I feel like you were saying everybody's (laughs) high, but your podcast is still a little bit more pessimistic. Um, Now, look, I I, I think it's excitement. Anytime you can bring back so many key players, not just bring them back, but, you know, get their future sorted for, you know, the foreseeable future as well with with Joao Paulo, with Rui Diaz, um, Jordan back, fully fit, you know, Nico back fully fit. And then you bring in someone like Albert, uh, who's been a, a really, really top player in the league. So I think excitement, but I don't know whether it's we, we spoke before off um, off uh, podcast or off camera or whatever. I'm, I'm still a little bit nervy because you, you have to find a way to incorporate all of those great pieces and, um you know, what that formation is going to look like. It might not be great from day one. I think eventually the Sounders will will definitely click into gear, but it might take a a little bit of time. Um, So I'm excited to see that develop. But overall, in terms of the season, um, I'm excited. I think, you know, we have a squad capable of challenging with anybody in MLS again. And, uh, yeah, just looking forward to the year.
0: Don't you think uh, in in a typical season, right, when's the last time you saw a season where everyone was healthy that was supposed to be fit, right? And sometimes it's good to start a season and have a guy on the bench who – is hungry, right? Because you know that injuries are going to happen, you know, international duty is going to happen. So I think the Sounders are in a good place to, you know, if, if they can stay relatively healthy, still make those changes and keep people happy. Because at some point that's the hardest part about being Schmetz now, is just going to be managing top, top players. And you now don't have, you know, one or two like you did in the past with maybe, you know, Clint Oba, you know, and maybe just Raul and Nico. Now you've got five guys for four spots. And how do you do that? How do you keep guys healthy right, and and happy? Um, That's going to be the biggest challenge for me. But um, I think this weekend will be a true test. How how do you think that lineup uh, will shake out coming into the weekend?
1: I'm interested because you look at, you know, traditionally Schmetz has never been afraid to to throw a curveball in there with lineups. And you have CONCACAF Champions League play. And again, I know that's going to happen in a couple of hours. Um, But the expectation is it's going to be a strong lineup. We saw in League's Cup last year how, the importance of the Sounders competing for trophies. And I I think there is an emphasis on, on that in CONCACAF Champions League play this year. But for me, I, I think the caveat is now all of a sudden, if you have some of the young players, I think it might be injured, but Leva's back. All of a sudden, they're not quite as young. They have that little bit more experience. So you can go into those games a little bit like you said, Brad, where we have more competition with star names with Albert coming in, we have more competition with Atencio, with Leyva, uh Reed baker Whiting, Obed Vargas, who I thought was really, really good in that first game in CCL play. He looked like a player that wasn't just out there to not make a mistake as a young player sometimes. He wanted the ball. He wanted to express himself. So um, I, I, I don't necessarily think Sunday we're going to see the lineup maybe we all expect. But I, I, I think in time, there is, a, there is going to be games where Smetzer is going to have to incorporate Albert, Nico, Jordan, that system. Steve, you've been, you've been quick to point out that, you know, four at the back is probably in, in direct relation with, with Jordan coming back in as well. So how all of that fits is, is going to define our success. And again, I reiterate, I don't think that happens just day one, day two. But overall, I, I think when that clicks into gear, Sounders are going to be a formidable opposition for anybody.
3: I'm curious for the former players on here. What is it like when you go into a training camp or a new season and all of a sudden there's so much more competition? For, like Psychologically, what is that sort of like for you guys?
2: Um, Keely, I was always a guaranteed star, so it didn't cross my mind. But um, for <laughs> in general, <laughs> I'm joking. Did Keely, no, did I, Keely, I it's... Did Keely just ask a
1: question and exclude me without, without saying my name? No. A question for the former players. <laughs> like i was just
3: like i was excluding myself no i was excluding myself the
1: chat.
3: all right yeah i played ayso back when i was 15 i'm like totally on the same i can i can totally answer that question i was excluding myself thank you very much
2: no okay, I, I i i think competition's good because you know I, i've always maintained that one of the most talented teams i've played on that no one's going to remember because it underachieves well we had a squad in 2013 with a lot of names um, it was, I mean, if you go off the... I was there, Brad was there, but like Mara Rosales, who's a club legend. Um, we had a, another winger at the time, Mara Martinez. I think Lamar was in and around at the time. Then Clint came, Olba came, Shari Joseph, Osvaldo Alonso, Eddie Johnson. Like, these are established names and you couldn't fit them all together. But the level of training was very high. So I liked it. I liked playing with better players and better teams. And you have to prove yourself. So I don't think the guys we have... Um, like Nico wants the club to sign someone like Rizna.
0: When, when you're starting and playing consistently, it's, it's tough to see someone come into the lineup. Um, you know, there were times where the Sounders wouldn't tell me anything. And then all of a sudden you've got a player that shows up from, you know, Germany or wherever it is, that is a center midfielder, right? And you got to read about it in the papers. Adrian didn't tell me, Ziggy didn't tell me, Schmetz, no one, right? It was just like, we're going to sign this guy and we think he's better, but... Sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't, but I always found myself playing better when I was pissed. And maybe sometimes the coaches know that, like, do I have to tell every player every single bit of information to get the most out of them? Or am I just a manager that makes decisions? And I assume that I have a bunch of men here that understand that this is professional sports. And yes, you're going to compete on the field, but training has to be harder than the games So as a manager, I have to get the guys here that can raise the level of training so that our play in the games is also elevated to a higher level. And I think looking back on now, that's probably a regret or or something I didn't know back then um, was that that's what the coaches and managers were trying to do, right? They were trying to set the club up for the long term by creating competition. But for me, it always just looked like, oh, you're going to be replaced. But in reality, that's not the case, right? Like I've the past year I've done enough coaching to know that competition is good. Right. And it took me stepping outside of the game to realize, to really realize it. I think internally I knew it, but I I didn't want to admit it at the time. Um, But yeah, anytime someone steps into your position um, it's, it's fight or flight, right? You either do the business and train hard and and make an impact or you find yourself on a new team.
2: I enjoyed it because it made training better. I think, um, you know, when you have better players, and I think this group we have, they'll be fine with competition for places. I don't see Nicole, Raul or those guys shying away from it. If you have 50 games in a season, you can't play all of them. I think you understand that now as a player. And um, the best example is Liverpool, Man City, Bayern Munich. They have two players each position. And I think MLS is not quite there, but you're trying to get towards there. And the sound has taken a big step um, this off-season. My, my question to all of you guys would be, if you were the coach, take those four, Raul, Albert, Nico, Jordan, and put them in their best slots. Did we see that in the CCL first leg? Because I have my opinions on that. I don't think we did. I and mean, if they're all in their very best position, someone somewhere has to compromise is what I'm trying to get at. Go ahead, Keith. Yeah, I, I mean, I might be a little bit different
1: with Nico. I, I like Nico in a wide position, coming inside when Nico's a ten, he just he just floats from that area. Um, not that that's a bad thing. I, I think he, he he sets the tempo, but he can do that coming in from a wide area. Maybe open things up for Alex to go forward if he's if he's on the right hand side. So I like the idea of Albert playing as a ten. I think he he can become a, a real goal scoring threat if he pushes on from there. Nico can automatically come inside. I don't I don't think you know when we saw that the spells of Albert in the first game and it is still preseason, and it's away from home. I was so, you know, very early to, to speculate. But I didn't think we got Albert on the ball enough in that first game and that wide position. And, um, and you know, the, the, the fluidity wasn't there. I think Jordan is going to play on the left. We all know that. Well, for the forward, yeah, all, all of that makes sense. Um, but but that, the, the Nico-Albert situation is the one that I think is going to be the, the biggest talking point and the biggest... Um, the biggest building block that you know Schmetz will have to work with to get the team really clicking because they're both excellent players. It's how do they complement each other? What position is best for each other to complement each other. Um I, I my personal opinion is Nico on the on the right coming in and Albert as the tenth.
0: Yeah, I think you you talk about getting the most out of each player. And I don't think it's just about Nico and Albert. I think it's implementing other players and their strengths of the game. Like you mentioned, Alex, right? Alex is not effective when he's pinned back. He is at his best when he's flying forward, combining as that midfielder steps inside, right? When Christian was playing on the right, they had the uncanny, just kind of, they knew what each other wanted to do, right? Christian was going to tuck in. They play a couple one twos and Alex would find himself with loads of space on the right. And it's interesting because usually when you think of a of a major league soccer team, you build your team around usually your highest paid player, right? Which would be you know maybe an Henri or or a Keen, right? And you build them. right. But that's the Sounders have had to switch an entire formation based off of one player who is you know he, I think Jordan's a DP, but maybe, maybe he's a young DP, whatever it is. But that's not necessarily even your best player. But you're having to switch your formation based on. You know, not even your highest-paid player, which is really interesting. But you're trying to get the most out of every person on your team. So the Sounders have sacrificed a formation. They know that they have to go four-two-three-one for him. Now, like you said, it's the real question: is how do you get the most out of everyone else in the lineup too in a four-two-three-one? And I think if Albert plays on the right, he's on a new team. He's going to put his head down for a couple games. He's going to say, okay. But as if the goals don't come and the assists aren't coming from that position. You know He's not the type of player, he's not paid to be that player that's just, a support Nico, right? You could find someone else to do that for half the money or a quarter of the money. This is a guy you're paying to score goals and assist and elevate you in the playoffs. So like you say, that's going to be a tough one um, and they'll have to figure it out. That's when coaching really comes into play. And um, I don't envy his decisions, but it's going to be, I, th- I think it will shake itself out. Um, in the next few games, we'll probably get a better picture. But initially, it's going to be a little bit of tinkering, trying to figure it out. Fair Nashville,
2: we haven't seen. We haven't seen Nashville. Very good team, from what I've seen of them in the East. We don't follow as much. They're now in the West, very good defensively. Obviously, Walker Zimmerman is maybe, um, maybe the best defender in the league. He's in that conversation. And Okta is a very good player too.
1: Uh, I I, I think they're a really good team. Uh, You know, you look last year, Nobody lost less games in, in the regular season than Nashville. So they're difficult to play against. Well organized, structured. Uh, they've made some good signings. I, I think Ake Loba signed towards the end of last season. He was in Liga MX, good winger. Sean Davis, excellent midfielder in MLS over the last, you know, five, six years with New York Red Bulls. And you know, we 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 had probably the biggest interleague signing in terms of in terms of Albert, but a lot of clubs were after Sean as well. So they've, they've added to the squad too. I, I, I think it's going to be more difficult for them coming over to the West. Um, I think Gary Smith has already talked about a lot of the, the travel and stuff like that. But if I'm them, I'm relishing the fact that the Seattle have to play on a Thursday evening in a, in a game that's a tie that's still open in, in CCL play. It's not done. The Sounders are going to play a strong team. They're not going to ha- they're not going to be, have the ability to rest everyone. I think Nashville will come in and fancy their chances at getting a result. And, you know, last year, it, if that's anything to go by, you cannot underestimate this team because, you know, they are one of the most difficult teams to break down in, in MLS. And in Mukhtar, they have a player who can get that all-important goal. If they get a lead, even more so difficult to break down because they will sit.
0: Yeah, I think they only gave up more than one goal maybe a handful of times last year, right? Which is insane to think about during during the course of a the season. They're so good defensively. Um I think they just did a great job of getting MLS veterans who know the league and then really sprinkling in that, you know, high quality talent. It took them, took them a year, year and a half to kind of get there really. Um, but they, they stuck with their plan and um, made some really key signings and just some good decisions. And uh, man, it paid dividends for them because they were flying last year and probably be unlucky in the playoffs to not make a bigger splash um, but yeah, I, th- I think they have all the right tools and, and, and leadership and savviness within the league to go away from home and get a result against big clubs. So I don't think it's a, it's a case where the Sounders in, in the past, it's been, this is always a shoe in win, right? The first game of the season at yeah. the Sounders has always been a win. Um, this one is a little bit different. This is going to be a, 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 a more well-built team in Nashville. That's going to come here and, and, and look for a result. Um because they know, they, know, they know that they can do it based on last year's results, too.
1: They, they, they came in the same time as Inter-Miami, right? I, I think they did. I think it was, and everyone was saying, oh, Inter-Miami, this, they yeah. signing the tweet, sign the, the, TD, the of yeah. yeah, and, and R- Rodolfo Pizarro's coming in. And then you look at the league table and you're like, there's a way of doing business, uh, you know, in MLS, quietly going about. And Sounders are the, the kings of it. Obviously, Garth has done a, a really good job of roster building. I feel like Nashville really picked pieces. And, and Brad, you touched on it. Some of the MLS vets, they were like, Dax, Dax is still a player you can, you can count on in midfield. Sean, another player we can bring in. And Walker, why LAFC let Walker Zimmerman go is beyond me. And I mean, they've never been the same since defensively. So while Inter Miami were off, you know, celebrating all these big name signings, Nashville were quietly doing their business. And, you know, they've been the, the model I would say for, you know, a Charlotte coming in rather than into Miami, showing them the way to, to come in and compete straight away. Prediction? Go on, Steve. You go first. I want to hear yours. Two <laughs> one. I'm going to go with 2-2. I'm going to go 1-0. I'm going to go a set-piece goal. Joe Paolo delivery and uh, uh, maybe a game of it. Th- I think it's going to be a really, really tough game. Um, and I'd take a scrappy so- 1-0 right now.
0: So you don't think Nico's on set pieces anymore?
1: You know, this <laughs> is, we, were, we were having this conversation. I was having this conversation with Do yesterday. And he was saying uh, Price from, from the Rapids, one of the best deliveries of a ball in MLS. And I was saying, well, last year, I think Zhao was better. And there was a time, like, Nico came back and there was a few where he was like, yeah, you're on that one. I think you have to, Xiao has to be on some of them because he was so good last year on set piece deliveries. But you never know.
3: Yeah. Well, Nashville gave up a surprising 12 set piece goals last year. So maybe that will be how we break through. And I think it's gonna be two nothing because again, I am the PR side. Yay, happy sounders. Two nothing. <laughs> two nothing. Uh season predictions, guys. Uh last year none of ours came true. <laughs> so we're over three. <laughs> any Wait, any new
2: No, no. One? last year Brad said we're not lose. four. An L- to an
3: LA team. We lost to an LA team.
2: We lost LA L-A-C at the end of the year. To any California team.
3: We lost to a California
1: team. We lost to LAFC at the end of the year. Did we? We did. Yeah, 3-0. Yeah. 3-0. My prediction in, in a long-winded way of saying, I think there's going to be some early struggles. I think it's going to take the Sounders a, a while to click. And I think almost the opposite, not, not, not fully opposite of last season, but I think we're going to see the Sounders really click into gear as the season goes along, get hot at the right time, I'd like to say one in the West. I, I, I'm, I'm, For some reason, second in the West is jumping out at me and then, and then a, a good run in the playoffs. But I, I do think that initial betting in period is, is, is the reason why I don't have the Sounders one in the West. And don't ask me who is one. I don't know.
3: <laughs> uh, Brad, your uh, prediction?
0: Yeah, I'm going to say uh, Stefan Fry breaks a single season shutout record. I think he's coming back and he's hungry to prove himself and he's going to do, he's at the point in his career where he's going to do anything to keep the ball out of the back of the net. Um, And just to see his progression over the past couple of years too, coming in here in 2014 and, you know, really just being a shot stopper back then, almost like a hockey goalie. And now he's just refined his skill with Tommy, Um, his distribution out of the back and and leading the team has been um, impressive. So, I'd love to see him. I don't even know what the single season record is, but I would assume if he could get, you know, 12-game twelve game shutout, 13 shutouts or something, I think it's got to be up there around that mark, right? I would imagine so.
3: Uh, Steve, season prediction?
0: I thought for the life of me that last year, Nico would
2: break the 20 gold mark. How it didn't happen. You know, I know he missed some games and went away. And so I want to say that one. Sorry, not Nico, Raul. Um, I want to say that one. But I think the goals will be shared because Jordan's back. Um, Ladero's there. I think Ruznac will get his fair share. So I won't say that. I would say this is going to be, and I don't, I don't know what the record is, probably the 2014 team, um, the soundest team that scores the most goals in the regular season.
3: Good one. Very good one. I've I, I, I one more
1: prediction. Nuhu scores a goal this season. By the way, that first leg, when he came on a left back, let's, let's kill this misconception that Nuhu can't play left back. I thought he was excellent. An African Cup of Nations. What what an honor to see a Sounders player on one of the world's biggest stage against some of the world's biggest players play so well. I thought he, I mean, he was. You could see he was buzzing to be out left back last week because he was overlapping, gone like when when Steph had the ball. He gets a goal this year, and and I think uh, I think he's going to have a really good season as well.
3: Yeah, there was definitely a moment where he sprinted, and Fry just looked at him and was like, "Nope, nah. nope, <laughs> not not sending that to you."
0: How many players did the Sounders have on Best 11 last year to close out the season?
3: It was like five? A lot. Um,
0: four or five? Yeah, I it, was think a lot. it was four.
3: Yeah. I think it was four, but that's a lot.
0: I Joao Do you think they could do that again? No.
2: No. No. I, no. i I'll be surprised. And they are like seven
0: All-Stars. I mean, not seven, but they had a lot of All-Stars last year as well. Um, like, yes, five or six All-Stars?
2: Crazy. Yeah. No. No. Keith, k- to your point quickly, I think Nuhu can play left-back. The question asked is, can he play left-back with Jordan in front of him? Yeah. So I don't know that their Good games point. mesh well. Jordan and Brad Smith worked really well. Uh, sorry, Victor. remember Victor Rodriguez because he would tuck inside and, yeah. and yeah. Brad overlap Yeah, I think Nuhu likes to go, 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 but Jordan can do that himself. So that's just where I don't know if Nuhu's patient enough or... I don't think he cares. Um, like, yeah. I have a th- I don't think Nuhu listens to any team talks, any tactics. He just goes out and just plays. Like, I don't think he knows what the team's trying to do that day. He does the same thing every time he plays, and it's great. But with Jordan, I think they have- they're going to have to understand each other and figure out, because um, I would struggle to play with Nuhu if it was me. Yeah. I tell him, like, you need to relax a bit more. Like I don't need you. A time is. Time it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So we'll see. We've got a couple over-unders for you guys to answer. Over-unders. So, Steve, you mentioned Raul Ruidi is barely not breaking the 20-goal uh, barrier last year. Is he going to have over-under 20 goals this season?
2: Under.
0: Um, I'll say under.
1: I feel, I feel bad. I, I want to go the other way, but, yeah, twenty. funny. Do it, too high, high a bar. I, I got to go under. I, I'm goals are going to be spread as Steve said earlier so under
3: yeah that's true a lot of uh, attacking talent we have this year um, our second one over under wins we had 17 wins last year over under 17 wins
0: Ooh. 17 is man, that's a lot
3: and we've um, very um, consistently gotten around that number the past couple of years too which is why I kept it at 17
0: I'll say over Oh! by a hair Um. I think, I think over
2: I think okay. 17
3: so exact you right? on
1: the i think over i think i think we get 18 wins this
3: year. yeah over. by the way i'm not a real um bookkeeper because clearly the point spread is supposed to be like 17.5 and i just did 17 but you know what i make the rules <laughs> it's all good <laughs> last one goal differential over under plus 13. last three seasons for some context we had a plus 20 last year plus 21 in 2020 and interestingly enough, plus three in 2019 are MLS Cup uh, eventual winners. Only a plus three goal differential over the season. So our over-under this year is plus 13 over-under.
1: Over. Over. I kind think, I, I think I of have to be... say over
2: because I said they're going to break the goals for. And I don't think we're going to see that many goals. So I would say over.
0: Yeah, I would, I would say over as well.
3: All right. We got one over. Thanks for playing, guys.
2: Great. Right, yeah, I think You know, the game on Sunday, as we said, is going to be a great one. I think um, I said many times, I think Nashville, defensively, I've not seen many teams that good defensively in terms of in the run of play. They don't concede many goals. I think Brad said they gave up maybe more than one goal only once or twice last year, not many times at all. So it's going to be such a good test to see our attacking group. I know it's just the first game um, to see what they can do. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, Keely, I'll let you give all the details. I don't know anything about the TV and timing. I don't know nothing. (laughs)
3: We'll be on Fox 13. Um, Kickoff is 5 o'clock. Our pregame will start at 4.30. Brad will actually not be on this one because he is in Montana and he is traveling. So Keith Costigan and Steve Zachawani will be on the call. So get excited about that. Um, Fox 13 is also doing a uh, pre-pre-show at 4 o'clock. So make sure to tune into that too. And Pete Fewing will be guest starring, guest analyzing for that. Pistol Pistol Pete. This will be viewing. We'll be there. Um, yeah, so looking forward to it.
0: I think I'm going to start my own YouTube for the games that I'm not working, and I'm just going to sit at home and commentate and just oh, good shit the whole time.
1: <laughs> you, can't take away, you can't take away from our viewers, Brad. We don't want to have <laughs> well,
0: uh, hey,
3: different, we're different audiences. Different audiences. Different
0: audiences. <laughs> better at their job, pal? What, awesome, healthy competition? We just talked about it, man
1: insecure, I don't want any competition. Oh, okay, he was on
0: the no competition train. got it, okay.
3: You know, Brad, apparently Sounders have a Twitch channel. Maybe we'll get you hooked up on Twitch. Oh, oh. nice. We'll see.
0: Yeah. All right, we'll let Keith go back to his nap in bed and... Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: Let's go. Thank shit. you, guys. <laughs> Always a pleasure, guys. We'll be hopefully back next week celebrating three points.